Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check, but either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. fresh. goddammit, we fresh. Welcome to the Fresh of the Word Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. We have a great show for you, like always. I love the guest that we have this week. She was born in America, but made in Japan. Who is that? It is professional wrestler Chris Wolf. Chris Wolf is most known for her time recently in the stardom wrestling promotion in Japan as a part of the Oeta Tai faction. They're a bit of a sly heel faction, super cool. Her, you know, her wolf persona is a bit sly and but she can be very lovable at times. Always looking for the meats and the butts to go after. Only a few years in the game, she has definitely become one of the most well-liked Joshi wrestlers in Japan. Uh, it was so cool to finally uh, to you know talk with her. This has actually been a long time in the making, but our schedules and also my hiatus from from podcasting as a whole, you know, took it took a while. But I'm glad it happened this way. During uh, our chat, we talked about her life before wrestling, in which she was a photographer, did other things, then she moved to Japan. Then she became a wrestler. It was, you know, super fun. We talked about her time in the Stardom promotion and, you know, some of her favorite matches. You know, we talked about some of the other talent, some of the up-and-coming talent in, uh, in, in Stardom. It was super cool. We talked about some of the other things that she does outside of wrestling while living in Japan. Uh, it was super cool to talk with her. She's going to be uh, embarking on a little bit of a wor- world tour. Uh, she calls the Wolf Tour coming up uh, at the end of March through uh, the end of April, where she's going to be uh, 
She's going to be hitting London, Manchester, Dublin, Baldwin Park. She's going to be in Berwyn, Illinois. I'm going to be there for the Rise event on April 13th. So I'll be able to uh, actually meet Chris Wolf in person. And then she's going to go back to the UK and then uh, end it out in uh, Barcelona, Spain. All those dates are going to be on the show notes for this episode on FreshesThePodcast.com. So definitely, definitely give a... Uh, Give a shout out to Chris Wolf. Check out some of her matches online. There's stuff to, there's stuff to uh, check out online. And just to remind you how you can follow the podcast online, uh, we are available on pretty much all your regular podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play. Just type in "Fresh" is the word. And on, and on uh, Apple Podcast or iTunes, whatever you want to call it, if you want to give us a, uh, a good rating, particularly five stars, then I would be grateful. I'll even read your review on an upcoming podcast. If you do, I'll read every review that comes up on any of the media, any of the platforms that I catch. Definitely, these uh, recent episodes are almost like a relaunch a new chapter a rebuild so i definitely need everybody's help to uh if you dig the the podcast to share it share it with your friends tell people about it put it on your social media put it on your websites do an article about it i don't care do something uh you can also follow fresh is the word online on twitter at f-i-t-w podcast on instagram it's at fresh is the word podcast on Facebook, it's at facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. And on SoundCloud, it's at soundcloud.com slash Fresh is the Word Podcast. And if you want to follow me, KFresh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Omega Fresh. And also on Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh. On Facebook at facebook.com slash KFresh. And on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash Soul. And if you want to email me, go ahead and email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the interview with Chris Wolf. Like, it, it's like super cool because it's like, it seems like over the past like couple years, like there's been a really cool ascendance um, with you as a, you know, professional wrestler in Japan. Um, you're like such a really unique individual. So I think that's why a lot of people sort of gravitate towards you. <laughs> a lot of people are weirdos. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, um, you're originally from Chicago, right? I was born in Chicago, but I was basically raised in New Jersey. But like, you know, my mom would always talk about Chicago because that's where she first started, and she was an immigrant from the Philippines, and she's just like, the winters are hell, but the spring is what you go for. <laughs> How long were you in Chicago? Or, I mean, in both of those places. Chicago. Chicago. I was there for maybe two years. Okay. Apparently living in a basement with my mom that belonged to a house with some old people. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> nice. Where did you go after that? New Jersey. New Jersey? How long um, were you in New Jersey? In New Jersey, I was there until I was... 17, 17, 18, around there. Then I went to Philadelphia, then spent some time in New York, 
mean, like, I didn't actually rent in New York. I was just, like, crashing in New York. <laughs> um, and then to San Francisco. Sorry, I'm making breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, you know, what kind of a kid were you? Quiet. I was really quiet. Um, I was painfully afraid of people. You know, I had... Um, I had a couple of experiences and influences in my life that were like terrifying. So I just didn't trust humans for a really long time. My mom though, like she helped me work through the, the shyness part and like in general, the gambate sort of a spirit she kind of instilled in me. She was just like, no daughter of mine is going to be able to make it in this country if she's shy. Because, I mean, she knows firsthand how hard it can be. So, like, you can get your dreams. That's that's a promise, right? But you got to really work. <laughs> so, um, she would make me sing everywhere and anywhere. She'd be like, Tina, go to that corner. Sing a song. Well, and I can't say it to my mom. You know, I love her. And she's strict as hell and terrified. Little old Asian lady. But right. um, I do it. <laughs> I would go to her work and she'd tell me to sing. I would visit her sister in a convent and I'd be told to sing in front of all these nuns. I would go on a bus ride with her for like two hours or three hours or however long the distance is. And she'd be like, Tina, there's no TV. Go in front and sing. And I would be horrified because (laughs) people are so scary. And there's like all these underlying things that you're not thinking of as a child, but you... And you can't understand why you feel this way, but you're afraid of rejection or yes. like um, judgment and just strangers being scary or hurtful or whatever. Uh, but I did it. And I think at that point, not then exactly did I really come to realize the lesson she was trying to teach me, but I did take note at that point that like after all these old people wanted to become my friends, I was like, why, why am I scared? Why am I so scared of people? And then slowly with time, learning to make friends, (laughs) (laughs) I realized everyone just wants to make friends. (laughs) I don't know, maybe. (laughs) How long did it take for it to sort of get easier? Um, I had my, my ups and downs, I think. I think like, you know, um, middle school and high school were were really hard too because you're becoming like a, a conscious person. You know, you're starting to be more aware of yourself and your surroundings, your situations, and the things how they work, and you feel so out of place. So that was really hard. You know, so I would start strong and I'd make a shitload of friends because I'm just so excited to be friends with everyone. And then you know, uh, things things outside of school would like happen or be rough. And then I would just like retreat into my shell and be like, Oh fuck, fuck people. Ah. Um, but I, I gained more strength and trust in myself after actually maybe around 19 is when it started, you know, like you go off to college, you get to explore things for yourself. You get to break away from labels that people have put on you that you might've grown up with. Uh, because you go to school with the same people. And I was kind of lucky that I would like switch schools a lot, but at the same time, it's still the same, you know, once you're in this one 
group or this one image you're stuck there but like after 19 I started to like bounce around a lot more and I realized you know I don't have to spend my time with people I don't want to I don't have to spend my energy on people I don't want to and I can be who I want to which is just someone who wants to explore live life and feel I say everything you know, I mean, truth is everyone just wants to feel good, but like everything maybe, because then I can really appreciate the good stuff. Sorry, that was a rant. <laughs> Growing up, you know, what were some of your interests? You know, what were some of the things that were like your creative outlets? Um, I really loved Kung Fu movies, uh, you know, <laughs> like the old ones that would come up on Saturday morning TV or something. Um Really like that. I loved because I woke up so early too. I really loved Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Okay. Uh, that was really nerdy, but I loved it, loved it to bits. Uh, I really enjoyed singing. I loved Broadway musicals because my mom loved Broadway. Okay. That's how she also taught me how to like read and write and sing. She could like let me listen to the song and write down the lyrics that I heard and then read it yeah. and then correct those misspellings and <laughs> you know my pronunciation. God, <laughs> um, but you know, I I like the arts and I liked being active. I wasn't always active. Um, I had my stages where I would be like really, really heavy and squishy, and then I'd be really, really, really skinny and maybe not really skinny, like regular skinny, whatever. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I fluctuated a lot, but my interests were always in between performing writing and the active stuff climbing things i love to climb <laughs> okay so you're um when you got to be you know, when you when you turn 19 and you're starting to like realize that there's more out there you can you know be more control of your life you know, ready to explore you know what what were you doing at that time what were some of the things that you were able to start exploring well it was away at university too so like i was meeting new people and I tried to meet and understand as many people as I could. Uh, I, then I was also doing graphic design, trying a new Kung Fu school, because I did Kung Fu when I was in high school. Um, and then I was trying to find a new one out in Philly, but I, I didn't find one that I connected with so well. But, um, but there was still something inside that felt like I have so many things to do. What am I going to do? And I just had like energy. I would <laughs> sneak into fancy looking buildings and explore the floors and find really strange ceilings painted with the sky and strange astroturf indoors, you know, like rich people do strange things. I don't understand. <laughs> but, um, and they're like, they seem like little things, but I, I spent a lot of time exploring. And like even exploring the everyday stuff, getting lost in the woods and finding your way home or like driving for hours to a random beach or through a city or a town that you've never heard of. I mean, I, I felt really free, maybe. <laughs> what did, you know, what did all that sort of exploration sort of uh, teach you? You know, you know, the person that you are today, you know, what, was, what did that all like, uh, what did you learn from all of that? Um, I think from my lessons as my, from my mom and that up to that point when I was 19, 
I think those less the, the main lesson from that was that I, as long as I can do something, I'm okay. Like I'm mentally and emotionally and whatever, spiritually, I'm okay. As long as I can do something, as long as I can make a chance for myself, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I, you know, I read before that uh, when you were in um, San Francisco, you uh, started doing freelance photography. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, you know, what about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what was, uh, you know, what was that experience like? Oh, it was hard. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in general, photography is not an easy uh, industry to get into, um, or art in general, or right. anything of the service mind, but I wanted it. I think I started off with photography, wanting to be a war documentary photographer, Yeah, you know, because I wanted to feel, I feel like maybe the other thing is, as a kid, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel like I had a meaning, like, or a point, or a reason, like, I didn't understand, like, why am I here? I mean, I, I still battle that, right? I think everyone does. <laughs> right. But, you know, I I was looking for something that could actually like, change something. And I thought maybe maybe war documentary would be good because there's so much suffering going on in the world and we see, like, only what's in front of us. At least, you know, that's how I felt. And then I realized that I didn't have the stomach for it. I was, uh, I was shooting a rally in in San Francisco. I don't remember what it was for. I think it was like a free-to-bed one. Super peaceful. But there was this one guy, there's two guys actually standing on these structures that were quite tall, and they were just getting a view of the speeches that were going on. And they started to like sink and then slowly fall back. One guy immediately jumped off. The other guy like was holding on and in the panic, so he was frozen. He hit the back of his neck his head on this uh, this fence that was behind them and he collapsed to the ground before I knew it I was in the circle there's like maybe five people crowded around him to see if he was okay but I was already taking pictures it was me and three other photographers and two people there just to help him and then when I realized what I was doing I, I don't know I felt so conflicted because it's like I'm doing exactly what I set out to do, to be uh, someone who catches these moments, but at the same time, I felt so, there was something inside that felt wrong for not being someone who helped instead. Right, right. That I couldn't, like, I don't know, man, you know, I was just like, and I looked at the pictures because I had seen him shaking and I was automatically doing it. I felt so disconnected and so far away, I couldn't. So I stopped that. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Like, uh, when I was interning for a girl who's doing photography and she was into fashion and I was getting into that and she was showing me some works of like fashion, fine art photographers who were, uh, I don't know, they, their photos are beautiful and, uh, kind of creepy, but they <laughs> kind of feel, they make you feel unsettled. And I kind of thought, you know, maybe, maybe that's where to go if I want to poke people and see if they can think a little bit more, you know, in, in your regular fashion spreads, you see nothing but the product in a pretty face. What if I can get 
those people to feel something more or think something more. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but that's what I'm hoping for. Some vague goal and dream. Not unlike today. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of search, so, this uh, sort of like search for a deeper meaning in the things that you're doing, where did that come from? Oh, doesn't everyone have that? Perhaps. You know, I mean, like, I think, I think automatically we set upon the things that we're told to do because this is how we're already shown how to live life and what to do and all this shit. And that's absolutely fine. That's, that's, I can't say that it's right, but it's, it's a path. But then I feel like through meeting people that didn't choose just one path, having an upbringing where it didn't fit what everyone said you should have, um, having people who were like, a, you know, in good ways and bad ways, not what people said they were or, you know, whatever. I think it opened my mind to that things aren't always properly labeled in this life and there is not one way to go about it, you know, about living. I think, um, and then if there's not just one way, if it's not just get a job and work and go out every once in a while, then what is it? You know, and like, and not to say that that's not right either, because we need money to live. <laughs> and I am, I strongly support the nine to five job because you got to hustle sometimes. It just, you know, there are these systems that exist. I get it. And this is what we need to do to live. But that still doesn't answer what the point is. Right. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, w when did you decide to go to Japan? I decided to go to Japan in 2012 after me and my fiance broke up because I was real sad. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a friend that lived around here and invited me out to like hang out and get things together and like I was done with my photo contracts and stuff so I was like that sounds like a good idea I think I will and then I just ended up staying instead of going back home I mean I got a job and I got you know the visa and stuff but yeah I just didn't go back <laughs> <laughs> what was it about Japan that like you just didn't want to come come back home mm, I you know there in general, I think moving to new places can help you really reset and try to fix things. I mean, your problems are still your problems, regardless of whatever location you go to. But having a change of scenery brings out a new perspective. And I think for me, cycling through the mountains and the forests and along the water gave me um, a new, renewed feeling of uh, what? What was it? I don't know, man. You spend 20 days camping and cycling and peeing wherever you want. You just feel brand new. <laughs> I, I don't think I could do that anywhere else in the world uh, without getting attacked. So, you know, thank you, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you do when once you got out there? Um, cried <laughs> for like two weeks. And then, and then I, I, I rented a bicycle in a tent and cycled from... Uh, Niigata to Hiroshima. I don't know how many miles that is, but uh, it's quite far. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
What uh, what got you into the interest of becoming a pro wrestler? Uh, more soul searching. So I was <laughs> teaching English, and I was talking to I, I had like known that I wanted to do something physical because I was so bored, and I was always making kids do push ups and burpees. <laughs> and stuff. Man, they were buff. <laughs> All your students coming out with the big old arms and yeah, they're like, "My name is Toshi." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be a bodybuilder now. Uh, I uh, I talked to some people who were doing stunting and like they were stuntmen and stuff. They would work in a bar during the day and then go out. You know, uh, I mean, sorry, they would work in the bar at night uh, and then they would go stunt and everything during the day and do cool things like in movies or TV shows. And I was like, that sounds like fun. Maybe I'll check that out. So I was starting to research that direction, but um, a substitute teacher was in my school one day when I had already given my two weeks. I was like, I'm just going to go for something. I don't even know what. Quit it. Live off of my savings, which was stupid. But, you know, (laughs) (sighs) this older Japanese lady was like, why don't you try Joshi Pro? And I'm like, what? She's like, Joshi Pro, Joshi Pro Wrestling. And I'm like, that, that's a thing? And Because uh, I only knew WWE, and like, it's cool as fuck. I'm not cool as fuck. <laughs> you know, like, how does, how does one become a pro wrestler? So I looked it up on YouTube. I had a friend who directed me to um, towards Stardom to check them out, and I saw them online and was like, holy shit, those little girls are beating the shit out of each other. Can I do that? Right. (laughs) Never mind that I was like almost 30. (laughs) All of them are like teenagers in their early 20s. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, man. Like some kids are starting at 11 and then they make their debut when they're 13, 14. So it's like they've been training for years to get to that point. Um, Yeah. I don't know. So I was like, fuck it, let me try it. Here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, ended up training you? Uh, the first trainer was uh, Fuka Kakimoto. Uh, she's the GM for Stardom, and she trains all of the new girls. Um, okay. She also, well, yeah, she would also take care of the girls that were injured and could kind of train, but not really train, like uh, as hard as they would in the regular practices. Uh, after that, uh, training was led by Nai Takashi, and then after that, Io Shirai. So yeah. How was those how, how was those training uh, camps? You know, to get ready to to, to wrestle. Mm, it was intense, but it was really fun. Like I really enjoyed my Green Girl training because it's just you know we're all like let's. Let's just let's just do it. What do you want to do? You want to try that? Okay, let's do that. Okay, so it's like a lot of cardio, <laughs> um, wrestling and kicking, lots of strikes because uh, Fuka used to do MMA, so we did a lot of bag work and rolling around on the ground. Uh, I I just really like the vibe, which was really like, yeah, you can do it. We can do it. Yeah, and I'm very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> What was um you know what was your sort of thought process when you were going through the uh, the training of of you know at stardom you know what was like sort of like how long did it take before you started to see things click in your mind? Um, 
it took a while because there was a language barrier. I mean, even now my my speaking skills are harder. Like it's easier for me to say like translate from English to I mean Japanese to English than this English to Japanese. But um, yeah, I remember it took me forever. It wasn't until I met uh, Heidi Lovelace and uh, what's it called Dragonita and Hudson Envy that I realized that a snapmare was kubinage, you know, <laughs> like I own, it was like being a child because I don't know the moves or the names in either English or Japanese because I don't really have a background in wrestling, but you know, to connect, Oh, this sound goes with this move. So that must mean this is a word and that's what it means. So it was very strange. Um, it took a while. And I think even now, sometimes, like, things get blurred in my head. I, it really depends. The nice thing about wrestling is that that's the international language. You just get in the ring and you'll figure it out. <laughs> right. That's how, they, that's how they did it back in the day. That's how they, you know, call it in the ring. <laughs> sometimes they don't even call it. They just look at each other. Yeah, just look at each other and, oh, you better block it. If you don't, whoop. <laughs> do, um, do many of the other um, women, you know, wrestlers, do they, uh, any of them know English? Uh, yeah, some, some do. I mean, some know some, like, just working English. Uh, but I'd say Io and Hana... And Kiona can have conversations in English. You know, they might not be completely grammatically direct, correct, right. but like they can get ideas across and roughly understand what you're saying. As long as it's it's like simple, yeah, no problem. You yeah. is my favorite wrestler on the planet. I understand. <laughs> she's amazing, even if she's dick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> dick. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, she's amazing. I mean, and she's really cool. I think she works really, really hard. Uh, I like to think of her as a very complex character. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um, the whole Chris Wolf character. Like, how did that come about? I don't know. I was fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was uh, doing my test to pass the Stardom professional test or whatever, and one of the things you have to do is wrestle with a senpai and so when I pinned my senpai I let out this like celebratory howl it just came out of my throat and like <laughs> um, and so I was like okay great so you know the promoter asked me what my ring name was and I was like Chris Wolf because I'm so creative it was either Chris Wolf or Chris Mass like Mass, as in more, but then when Christmas comes, it could be Christmas! <laughs> Obviously. I mean, maybe that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's it. Okay, even though, um, you know, like you said, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of thought, you know, put into the Chris Wolf name. You know, mm -hmm. at that point, you know, what did you do, what did you do sort of to sort of develop that character? You know, what was going through your mind? Um... You know, I think Chris Wolf is just really an extension of myself. Probably a less, uh, uh, less thought-driven version of myself. 
I think that's me when I'm drunk. <laughs> or like really, really excited, you know, or probably more drunk because then I like lose control over words and processing thoughts are hard. And it's just, I just have feelings and it's to shove you off your chair, you know, things like that. Right. So it's really just me letting go. <laughs> I felt like I felt like when you were um, earlier telling me the story about being a kid and having to yeah. sing in front of people, like while mm. you were you know telling me that, I'm like I feel like there is this connection to the Chris Wolf character in that. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I feel like uh, Chris Wolf is that release. It's that spirit that was just like pent up for all those years, you know. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but and the, the thing is, what I like about it, there's like this, you got seriousness and then you got humor and then you got right. worry all like sort of molded into this one person. And, it, and I think that's what a lot of people sort of drawn towards, you know, with, you know, Chris Wolf is that you have all this sort of relatable shit going on while you're watching these matches and before. And even if you're just outside the ring, like yeah. you're doing something that is, you know, entertaining. <laughs> Do you ever watch Steven Universe? No. Nah. No? So like the main character, Steven, like I had a really hard time watching the first couple of episodes because Steven just keeps fucking up, you know? And it's like he's... He's really trying. He's trying to do a good job, but he keeps fucking shit up. Why are you fucking shit up, Steven? And so, like, I hated him. I really fucking hated him. And then, like, I realized as I'm watching and I'm seeing him developed, and he's getting better and he's learning. He still fucks up sometimes. Like, I, I realize I hate him because I see that in me, you know? I maybe, <laughs> I don't know. People see that I'm just trying. I mean, we're all trying, right? Right. You know, I, I am. I think you maybe you have a point in that. Everyone is just everyone's just trying to live. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying our best. <laughs> what yeah. can you do? Just trying to kick someone in the face. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, during your time in stardom, I feel like um, you know, more recently, um, there's been sort of this ascendance. More people around the globe have, you know come come to know who you are uh, especially you know when you've become uh, part of the Oedetai uh, faction um, how has been the past maybe like year or two uh, been like for you because there has definitely been a you know a little bit of a buzz in wrestling for you yeah um, I mean like the Oedetai thing actually started not too long after I debuted um, it like evolved from the monster group from yeah. Hana Kimura's mom uh, but so it's been really fascinating to see how it's developed from like the place where all the foreigners were to where it is now. You know, it was the band of misfits to the cool gang. <laughs> <laughs> so to watch that progression, that's been really interesting. Um, I do kind of miss being the home for those people who feel out of place, but I have a lot of fun with this group too, so you know I'm really into that. Right. The past few years have been really, really rad uh, as far as it goes with um, reaching out to more people and like having that energy from the foreign crowds. Uh, my biggest supporters have always been the foreigners uh, and anyone who's loved Oedotai here in Japan. 
um, because usually they do root for the baby faces more than the heels, right? So, right. <laughs> um, but I've always had like good support here in Japan as well. I think these past two years have made me see that um, as a wrestler, maybe I can go other places, you know, and explore on my own and, you know, try new things. I don't, I've been so tied to Japan and I love it. But that last tour, the last couple of tours uh, in different countries are making me think that I really should see more of the world because there's also more wrestling, there's more wrestlers, and I, I'm a wolf. I need to explore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you over the past year or so, you're to you definitely been uh, going to different places. You've been coming back here to the states. You've been going to Europe. You know, how's those uh, how's those trips been? Those have been. I mean, I feel like they they open so much in my mind, and then they give me so much joy. Uh, things are done so differently that I, I also do have to adapt. It's less. It is less strict. Um, so I, I find myself wondering, like, what am I supposed to be doing now? You know, like with ring setup and like cleaning and doing all this shit that goes into the prep work of having the show. And then it's like, oh, there's a crew for that. <laughs> like, you don't so gotta do that. <laughs> you're here as our guest. <laughs> don't focus on wrestling. <laughs> like Chris, you're here for our, you're as a guest here. You don't need to do all that shit. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I think it's also really neat to see the different types of rings that exist. Like aside from sizes, some of them don't have springs. Some of them have springs. And I think that's really cool. Uh, seeing everyone's characters is also really fun. Because, I mean, I also don't interact with so many fuzzy faces here at Stardom. So I'm like, wow, there's all these hairy men around. I want to I be a hairy man too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it just I, I like experiencing things, so I've been really grateful for the chance to to wrestle in these different companies around the world. I'd like to do more. <laughs> oh, and we would like to see you more. <laughs> with you know, with Chris Wolf, you know, whether you're mm -hmm. um, in the ring, outside the ring, whether you're on you're on you know social media you always like pretty much stay in your character which is really fun yeah i mean because like the reality is chris wolf is christina which is maybe also kind of terrifying <laughs> um they're just different layers i suppose like uh this is chris wolf when she isn't eating meat <laughs> she can speak complete sentences and her brain can kind of function <laughs> it's kind of true that's why I'm kind of like oh shit <laughs> what um outside of you know all the wrestling stuff that you do out in Japan you know what you know how do you stay busy work <laughs> so I or like so I get involved with um sorry I'm Tea. and I should probably reorganize my cabinet um, right <laughs> like in Japan English teaching is the most common job because it's 
needed, you know, like not many people can speak English and the Olympics are coming up. So they're, and they want to integrate more into like an international economy. Some shit, I don't know, read a newspaper once, there was only once. Um, but like there are other things too. There's lots of startups that I really enjoy. I love technology and social media is really fun. So I, um, Sorry, I'm so bad at focusing. That's what happens when you try to multitask. Um, <laughs> basically, I work. I try to help with uh, startups and ideas uh, in hopes that they work out. Right now, I am working with Zest, VLS, and that's an online English teaching school, which is cool for Japanese people. But because of the requests of so many of my followers, we're also going to offer Japanese lessons. So if you're interested in strictly pro wrestling Japanese, which I don't think is the only focus people want to have, but like I will also be doing basic Japanese lessons. And then when you get into the higher levels, there's also other teachers available, like straight up real Japanese teachers that can help you figure out grammar and shit. Oh. Yeah. That's something that I wish I knew. Like, I wish I knew how to speak jam Japanese, read and speak Japanese. Well, now you know of a service you can go to. <laughs> <laughs> plug, 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 plug. But I like people. So that's basically what I do. I meet people, talk to people, and if the ideas are interesting, I want to be a part of it. That's all. Is there anything like down the line uh, you just you, you would like to uh, probably be more integrated with, work with uh, things more? I mean, um, you mean like with companies or something? Yeah, like is there anything that you would like to get involved with in the future? Mm -hmm. Anything that you've been like, you know, it's been noodling in your head for some time that you might want to get involved with? I mean, so many things, right? Like. I also do suffer from adult ADD, so this is hard. Uh, within wrestling, I wonder if I can make it as an indie wrestler, um, or um, and so like my 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 experience with watching the WWE is still new, and uh, I have friends that go there, so now I like watch their stuff. So I wonder is that the route that people go should go um i also wonder about the other things that i enjoy doing like i like video editing and i'm poking around with that again i like making content and i like talking to people like you you know oh thank you so <laughs> like exploring thoughts and talking so that's why i like podcasts and youtube videos i'd like to do those more um you know i'm trying to work out patreon stuff to help me be able to do those more and worry about other jobs less, you yeah. know, like if I can just, I think you understand that as well. You're, yeah. you're kind of in a similar uh, situation where it's like you have a creative baby that you want to bring up, but you need to feed that baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For those of you that don't see my face, it's, it's perplexed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, we, we all got to like take those day jobs or whatever, just to sort of pay for our, our hobbies, our passions and whatnot. And it can be a little bit too much at times. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it gets, 
I always want to encourage people to follow their passions, no matter how dark it can get. Because, you know, it gets dark no matter which route you take. It's, but at least you can say that you followed something that you wanted to. You know, you didn't, you didn't give, you gave something up. You definitely did. Ah, oh, words are so hard in the early morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> the idea, you know, we're all, we're all trying to either do something we love or do something that allows us to do what we love. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's that. <laughs> I mean, that's really refreshing to hear because you always hear people like, I hate people, or there's a lot of ne negativity coming from a lot of people. So mm. when I can, when there's people that have positive outlooks and they have, <laughs> have sort of empathy for people and for situations, it's good to hear. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hate people too. <laughs> yeah, you want to eat them all but, the time. You want to eat their meats. Yeah, yeah, totes. <laughs> and all a bunch of walking meat bags. <laughs> <laughs> With their butts. Yeah. Oh, I start with the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meaty part. It's <laughs> a terrible joke because there was a Japanese cannibal that got arrested for eating someone's butt in France. Ooh. But he was released and then later in a porn. Anyways, Whoa. the world was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, Right now, you know, what's your, what's your outlook on everything in regards to Chris Wolf, the, uh, the, the pro wrestler, you know? You know, what do you, what do you think is going to be happening in 2018 with Chris Wolf? With Chris Wolf, the wrestler. I'm hoping to wrestle more abroad. Um, maybe train in a couple of different places. I would like to be more flippy. Mm, I'm also trying to do like meetups and things because I think I'm kind of yeah I'm a wrestler but I also do the, the YouTube stuff and sorry I'm bringing food into my room so I can eat it uh, but I don't know I'd like to develop it more I yeah like we talked about being able to do your passion and live off of your passion is everyone's goal. So I'd like that to be my reality in 2018. Out of, out of all the girls that you've wrestled with, seen in stardom, who are um, some of the younger girls that you think are going to have a bright future? Azumi. Yeah. Azumi, uh, Starlight Kid. I love Starlight uh, Kid. <laughs> yeah. No, she's great. You know, um... I like the, I haven't, I've seen the twins a little bit and I saw them when they were really, really little, or at least they were shorter than they are now. <laughs> uh, they're, you know, they have potential. I mean, everyone has potential, but definitely Azumi and Starlight Kid are the ones I'm really looking at. I think everyone is. Yeah, they have, they're, they're really impressive already. And mm -hmm. I, you know, they're, a lot of their matches are really enjoyable. Yeah. So, like, Azumi spent a couple of years training with Fuga, you know, just, she was the one that I was saying started really, really young and was started doing kid matches, um, I don't know, more than three or four years ago. I can't remember. 
she's my senpai, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, she, I, I think even now, like, she has so much more unlocked away, like, that she just is waiting to release. Um, Starlight Kid is naturally athletic, understands the ring really, really well. She's a, she's a really smart kid, too, like, just... She knows his little differences every time we talk. Like, if I have my... I mean, some of them are really obvious, like my red-blue contacts. She'll be like, ah, different contacts today. And I'm like, yes. But if I'm wearing, like, clear ones or, like, slightly, I don't know, big or gray or whatever fucking color, she's just like, even if it's subtle, she'll notice it. And, you know, she seems smart. <laughs> What's sort of, like, the you know, best way to describe this, the locker room, like, in stardom, you know, how do, how do the girls uh, interact with each other? It's different. It's changed dramatically since I first started, and it continues to change. Um, like any company, I think, as time goes, it, it evolves itself. I think now it's much warmer. It's more friendly. There's laughter. It's it's really nice. Um, I think a lot of that also has to do with the foreigners that have come through the years. Uh, before it was pretty closed off, and I think that that kind of went along with the kind of stiffness that Japanese culture can be known for. Um, with the with the push of you know uh, foreigner warmth and congeniality is that the word i'm looking for i think it kind of lowered people's defenses and made them more open to just talking and because the hierarchy in japan is very very strict so the current locker room i, I would say is probably the most lax um that i've ever seen it and uh has laughter <laughs> and fun with japanese wrestling you know pretty much over the past few years getting more of a a global, you know, audience, um, again, uh, more so, um, has, have you seen any sort of, um, sort of Western influence in, you know, in Japanese wrestling as a whole recently? Oh, totally. I mean, uh, there's, if you watch the matches, you can see influence that has been brought in by wrestlers like Viper, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, you know, um, as much as the foreign wrestlers might be watching Japanese wrestlers, I think Japanese wrestlers are also watching the foreign audiences. I mean, foreign wrestlers as well. You know, their combinations are dynamic and creative. And um, I think it's inspiring Japanese wrestlers to, you know, mix more things up. Looking back into your, uh, your, your debut match, you know, what was going through your head? Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, you know, it, like, I, I, I feel slowly, you know, it's, it's really, really, I don't know if that's just like, like something that's in my head that it takes a while for me to process things, but I, I do feel slowly. So I'm okay. Everything's cool. But like the last 15 minutes right before I get in the ring, I'm gagging. 
out of nerves. I'm just like <laughs> making terrible noises, making other people feel nervous. Like what? Calm down. He's like, this is okay. This is normal. But at that time it wasn't normal. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on with my body. But, um, when I got into the ring, it's like I had tunnel vision and I could only see my two opponents. And that's all I focused on. That's all I could focus on. I couldn't hear the crowd. I couldn't see the crowd. I, you know, which helped, I think. And maybe that was my body trying to, to get me through the stress. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, what was um, what are some of your favorite matches that you've been involved in? Mm. Um, I really enjoyed my match with Kairi, Kairi Hojo, um, now Kairi Sane. Uh, it was a Shinkiba match, which was super simple, but really fun. You know, we played with each other's strengths and just worked the crowd. I thought, I thought it was, I like simple things. Right. <laughs> um, and she herself is just fun to work with. Uh, I really enjoyed my match with... Rosa Negra, um, you know, she beat the shit out of me, but I learned a lot from her. And like looking back, I also really like the way that she moves. Um, also, I had a match with Tony Storm at a Momokuro concert. That was a lot of fun because I got to eat her butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she always uh, throws that uh, that button in everybody's face. Can I do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this uh, the the dance routine that you uh, do at the beginning of all the O at a time of uh, matches. How how long did it get uh, did it take to get that down for you? I think it. We had one dance rehearsal, and when we learned it, and then after that, we would just like quickly go through it before the show, which is just like. <laughs> Uh, and then the dance formations start to change because it's like, oh, well, this person's not in our group anymore. Oh, this person's not in our group anymore. Oh, and this person is. So, okay, let's go. <laughs> hey, it's one of the best uh, entrances in pro wrestling. It's really fun. <laughs> like, that's it how is, you come I, to a ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were other girls that used to do dances or they would only do a dance for their uh, debut. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they do that in the Western world, but they, they have in Japan. But it wasn't as good as ours. <laughs> nah, nah, that's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> as, um, as I wind down this interview, um, I did, uh, I don't know if you got the uh, question that I uh, emailed to you. Mm. Um, this is something that I end all the interviews with now. Who is somebody mm -hmm. that was a part of your life or career that I could um, – interview that be possible for me to interview that ha that would have good stories like a wrestler or a person anybody that's uh who i could realistically interview that um maybe people would know that would um you know have good stories wrestler not wrestler whatever mm. i mean i think uh, Wrestler-wise, they all have good stories, but mm, I don't know. I maybe alpha females. Alpha female has a really good story. I, they all have really good stories. Uh, Viper has um, a really good story. I think she's fun to interview. Yeah. Uh, Tony's out here. Um, 
she's she's fun, but I I think she gets shy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tony's too cool to be shy. I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I mean I have also my friend Adam who invited me out to Japan, but I don't I don't know if anyone just wants to talk to a random guy who who speaks Japanese here in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> But he has a lot of cool stories. I mean, he would be someone to talk to if uh, living in Japan is the topic, you know, because he's lived here for 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe alpha female, maybe viper. Cannot. Yeah. All good choices. All good choices. Cool. If um, now, yeah, if anybody wants to get more information about you online, where can they go? I'm working on my website, and I always say that, but right now, probably Twitter is my most updated for, uh, platform. Uh, that's at Wolf in Japan. Uh, I also have a website, which is feedchriswolf.com. <laughs> um, and I have a YouTube at Chris Wolf in Japan. <laughs> I'm really good at this stuff can you tell how organized i am oh you're amazing so, yeah <laughs> but it mostly if you look for chris wolf or wolf in japan i should pop up somewhere yeah it's an easy google yeah sorry guys <laughs> I'm, i should make it easier for y'all so it's only one click oh <laughs> uh, that's all good but it's, yeah it's been great talking with you yeah thank you for having me and you know thanks for scheduling it and everything <laughs> it's all good. I'm, I'm glad that it finally came to fruition. Me too. <laughs> all right, thanks. So that was my interview with Chris Wolf. It was a pleasure speaking with her. She's an awesome person. Um, if you uh, read the show notes at freshesthepodcast.com for this episode, it links to all her social media where you can buy merch and also all the dates for her uh, upcoming U.S. and European Wolf Tour are there so if you are, are nearby any of those dates buy a ticket support independent wrestling and go say hi to uh, chris wolf and tell her that you heard her on the fresh is the word podcast that would be awesome all right now on to the fresh is the word pick of the week this week's pick is a strange one it's a wrestler in japan her name is meho kuron she is known as the zombie wrestler or the zombie Joshi. In just a short time as a wrestler, because she uh, her first match was sometime in 2016, Meho has become one of the most interesting wrestlers in Japan. She's a part of the Toki Joshi Pro promotion that's under the DDT. Uh, her zombie persona is really awesome. It's like a blood-dripping zombie. She always has lint, like limb you know limbs a hand or something with her it's mixed with a bit of a death metal look uh she's also one half of the tag team called the dragon bombers with another popular joshi talent rika tatsumi already dude she's already just there's a lot of potential with meho she's super so there's, you know, there's a few things that you can watch on YouTube. I did, uh, you know, post a couple of those in the show notes to uh, check out. Uh, the funniest, one of the funniest things was her encounters with 
another beloved independent wrestler, Joey Ryan, and deaf and also with his penis. Of course, if you understand that, don't get grossed out by that. Um, in which there's a, a time when Mayho did win the DDT Iron Man heavy metal title from Joey Ryan in a very hilarious way. That that video is up in the show notes for <laughs> this episode. But definitely go online, you know, check out more stuff from from Aho. It's very she's very interesting and I see a lot of a lot of potential for her in the future for in wrestling. If you want to uh follow her on Twitter, you can just go to at she's uh at Mayho underscore TJP. That's M-A-H-O underscore TJP. Now that was the fresh pick of the week and the end of the show. Thank you for everybody for listening. Like always, I definitely appreciate any support. Please share any episode or any information online with your friends. Tell people about it. I want to build this up to be something super cool and always have and always make sure to have actionable items in these interviews that even if you don't know who a Chris Wolf is or in previous episodes, a Dabri or Pursuit Grooves, that you can get, you can learn something about what they do or something that you can use in your own life. That's, that's my goal with this uh, podcast from here on out. So thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.